Saturdays on the coast on SEM, we do it all thanks to Robson Civil Projects and also McDonald Jones Homes. You can start your brand new home today, your dream home with McDonald Jones. Uh, alongside me, the guru, Gary Birkinshaw, and we've got something special, guru. Right now, we've got Tony Clark and Michael Butner together. They're like the captain and Tony Tennille, like uh, Peaches and Herb. Uh, boys, good morning. G'day, boys. How are we? Good morning, Gaz. Good morning, Steve. I don't know about Tony and Tanoil. <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, great to have you both on the line. Butes, uh, firstly, you're up in Coffs Harbour, is that correct? Yeah, but in Coffs Harbour, we've got an international tag series. So over 150 teams competing. I've got 16 Australian teams up here, ranging from the under-18s all the way through to the uh, over-60s. Uh, many of those players in the over-60s playing for the first time uh, for their country, which is a, a huge honour for uh, for them. But um, playing the likes of it's whilst it's an international series, they're all Australian-based players, but they're representing their, their culture or their heritage uh, or their place of birth. Um, as far and wide as Japan, Ecuador, Afghanistan are competing, uh, obviously New Zealand, the Australian Indigenous side. So there's plenty here to, uh, plenty of Oztag action, which is fantastic, and uh, Hopefully the Aussies can dominate over the weekend. Yeah, fantastic. And are you playing yourself? I am having a run around. I'm in the over 40s. Um, I'm just watching at the moment our 50s team play and I'm probably sort of comparing myself as to whether I should make my way up to that age group or not. But uh, (laughs) at this point in time, I'm happy to just hold back that one more year. Oh, good on you, good on you, Butes. I'm sure it'll be a a big week, a big week, a big weekend up there and look, look all the best and... We're heading to the uh, the NRL, getting towards the, the business end of the season with four games to go. And look, I reckon we're probably down to. I reckon there's probably five sides who are trying to looking for those uh, bottom two spots in the eight: the Rabbitohs, the Roosters, Seagulls, Raiders, and probably mathematically the Dragons can still get there, albeit th- yeah, their performance against the top sides certainly d- doesn't warrant them being in the top eight. How do you see that those last two positions going? Marky, do you want to answer that, or should I go right ahead? There was, Sorry, there was a deadly silence, but I'll go, I'll yeah, go no, first. When they, start, when they start talking mathematically, I know that the St. George Dragons are gone. <laughs> apologies, lads. Apologies, gents. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think you're spot on, guys. There's still, um, still some great, uh, uh, you know, jockeying for, for those final positions, and I did say a couple of weeks ago, I think this year we will see someone in the bottom half of the top eight make a real dent in the semi-final series. Uh, TC, you sent me a text this week, and I've got to say, you were incredibly fired up. What's got you so hot under the collar this week? Steve, the week has been one of the worst for the NRL, I I believe. I mean, uh, the the explanations that that Graham Annesley and Luke Patton put around that that one of the worst tackles I've seen, the Melbourne um, Nelson Solomon, whatever his name is, the big bloke, the explanation they put around that was embarrassing. And then we've got the, the, the chairman of the board thinking he's a politician where, as we know, the male participation levels in, in, in New South Wales are at the lowest ever and he's worried about arguing with the Premier about something where we haven't got the money to spend on it anyway. And he, he's just he's at a civil war with, with uh, the New South Wales Rugby League wasting millions of dollars on, on legal fees. I just think rugby league. You know, we'll come up with a new rule this week. I just think rugby league needs to really reset itself. They need to get some honesty and some integrity around. Okay, so the thing was, you come home from training on Wednesday night, where I'm doing the rise program with uh, the, the, you know, backed by the NRL. You're, do, you're doing it um, uh, uh, free of charge. Um, you're teaching under 13 players 
correct technique in tackling and all they want to talk about is a hip drop tackle or they want to talk about a, a you know, three in, hold them up. Boys, no. You know, we have to have a reset in, in where rugby league's heading. And I, I'd love to, you know, you couldn't get a more passionate supporter, but there is people being turned off. And then if the Landis continues on this path, he's on thinking he's, you know, infallible, it, it, it's just driving me nuts. Yeah, TC, I saw some commentary around the Nelson Osofa Solomon tackle. Andrew Johns thought he should get rubbed out for four months. I mean, how in the world they came up with that decision, I will never know. And I think even Graham Annesley tried to distance himself from that decision. We spoke about it last week. Butte, I'd love to get your thoughts because you used to run the Match Review Committee or you're on the Match Review Committee. How did you see it? Uh, Look, I spoke to Julian King from SEN earlier this week and, um, you know, gave my views on it. Look, clearly it's a case here where they've either overcooked what they're looking at or have just clearly missed something because the the dangerous contact charge purely and simply involves an unacceptable risk of injury, all right? Wade Egan goes off with a HIA and with two broken teeth of some sort or chipped teeth, all right? There's an injury there already. So there's no unacceptable risk. The actual injury has been sustained, right? He's come down. Asafa Salomona has actually lost his feet in the tackle, right, and come down. This guy's a big man. He's 120 kilos plus, and he's come down hard on Wade Egan. Look, they have well and truly overcooked this and got it horribly wrong. And TC, look, I've been in that situation where you've tried to explain what the match review were looking at, but they were looking at all the wrong things for mine. Right, there was no, there was no need to look at a crusher incident because there was nothing with the crusher. There was no need to look at his left arm because that wasn't an issue. It was all about the right arm, the right arm and the right elbow, and where that was coming down onto his head, which was clear and apparent to everybody. Uh, and it's just meant that you know it's made him. I think it's taken him back a long, long way in terms of the match review committee. And, and you know what, I, I understand where these guys are coming from. I've been in that hot seat. I know all the angles they get. But I just think they've overcooked this one big time. Uh, and it's a real shame because I think uh, our game was heading in the right direction. We've seen a lot of players who have been suspended lately uh, and big suspensions and some of our big-name players who have done that, you know, the likes of Patrick Carrigan and, and obviously Nathan Cleary, uh, which is a real shame we won't be seeing these guys uh, as they head into the finals. We will see them once they get back from it. But, yeah, it's a real concern that, um, again, they try to fix a system which – I'm not sure they've gone about it the right way. Yeah. No, they haven't. And, of course, see, we're going again, boys, sorry, but we're going again, Michael, because it was only a week ago or two weeks ago they they finished the end of the, the uh, you know, robbed the uh, the Tigers up in Townsville, you know. So, and Annesley tried to come up with some excuse there. You know, we, we just, as I said, some, some honesty and integrity about what they're doing and stop trying to cover everything up. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned TC about the chair of the NRL, Peter Volandis, and the gurus alongside us, Gary Birkinshaw, you actually felt he was way out of line this week? Yeah, I believe he was way out of line, especially reading yesterday and, and today around the, the funding of the new stadiums and just the way he made reference to the, to the government you know, giving the money to the flood victims and repairing of the flood damage. And he, he, the way he made it out is if, no, the stadium should have preference over that. And I just thought... He's not reading the room very well, Volandis, at the moment. Is that, Yeah, I understand he might have had a handshake agreement with the government to do the stadiums. Yes, we'd love the stadiums to be, to be done up, but I, I also agree with the government on this. Yeah, the, the flood recovery certainly takes a priority over stadiums at this stage. 
Oh, Gaz, a hundred percent. I mean, like we've been in, you know, unprecedented times with, it, with, it, of course, with the, uh, you know, pandemic. We've got flooding. We've had, flood, you know, like, and and to, for him to be coming on, but he was even on the. the this is what annoys me, you know, when they have they've got Bruno Mars opening, opening the new stadium, you know, worldwide act, and he was worried about the people he was going to get at Randwick, you know, at the Everest Stadium. Like, mate, please give us a break. He just needs. You know, if he sends me one, if you see another photo of him in the Royal Carriage at, at Royal Ascot, I'll, I'll, I'll give it away. You know, the bloke, the bloke has just got so far ahead of himself, it's not funny. Hey, boys, uh, let's have a look at the weekend's footy. So, Rabbitohs, uh, they played an epic last week. Uh, so, we're trying to focus on something positive here at long last. Uh, Rabbitohs, they played an epic game against Cronulla. Your thoughts on that, Buttes? Uh, it was a one-point ball game, golden point. Latrell had about three cracks. In the end, it was the Central Coast boy, Nico Hines, who sealed the deal. Rabbitohs against the Warriors. Yeah, look, uh, obviously the Rabbitohs have uh, been in good form in the recent weeks, obviously since Latrell has returned back, and I think it's taken a lot of pressure off Cody Walker. Uh, and you can see he's, and you can see the way he's playing and also the way the team is playing. They've got a lot more confidence about what they're doing. Obviously, you know, you get down to those tight contests, and I think for me what it showed was the Sharks have uh, well and truly prepared to hang into the big games and could see themselves doing some uh, serious time in the final series if they... Uh, continue the way they are. They've got a pretty good run into the uh, into the final series. Uh, in fact, I would suggest probably one of the better runs of any team in the top eight or ten positions on the table. So uh, they could go in with four or five games under their belt uh, or wins under their belt, which would be really important for them and, and give them that confidence they need as they head into the semifinals. As for South, look, I wouldn't be too worried. They had opportunities. They didn't take advantage of it, and that sort of happens when it comes to uh, those field goal attempts. But uh, ultimately, look, I think they'll be way too good for the Warriors. Uh, and they need to be way too good for the Warriors if they're going to do anything in this final series. Yeah, TC, your thoughts on the Raiders versus the Panthers. So, Guru, you want to touch on that as well? No Nathan Cleary? Yeah, well, no Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai as well. So they've got a brand new halves combination. And then they're coming up there against a... A, a storm, uh, sorry, a Raiders side who are really starting to hit some hit some form as they normally do at, at the back end of the year with Ricky Stewart's got them going and the um, the Raiders need to win this game and I reckon the Panthers are there for the taking and for the last four games it's going to be very interesting for the Panthers. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely, guys. I think if you're ever going to get the Panthers, um, you know, we're clearing Lou I out. Uh, you know, this is a week if the if the Raiders are going to, and uh, I, I think the Raiders have to win if they if they are going to. Well, that goes without saying to make the eight. But if uh, if they, you know, are going to be contenders and not not pretenders, so uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the game. Actually, I think it'll be a, a cracker. And uh, but then you know, saying that we know that Penrith, um, you know, they're on top in the. In the New South Wales Cup, the reserve grade competition, so there's certainly some able replacements coming through too. Hey, boys, I'll throw this at both of you, but crunch time. We've got a derby, Sharks versus Dragons tonight, 7.35. Uh, look, for me, no. Look, Sharks are, are in good form. The Dragons have been you know, disappointing, to say the least, I would suggest. But having said that, I had no expectations from this year, and I didn't think they were going to make the eight and Maybe they've overachieved a little bit to even be in contention still at this point of the season. So for me, I think the Sharks will do pretty comfortably, to be honest. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, boys, uh, I'm off to Bundaberg this weekend. So the NRL creates history, Bulldogs versus Cowboys in Bundy. So exciting with the way the dogs are playing, Steve. It'll be uh, it'll be a good trip. Uh, certainly, be a uh, an exciting trip to Bundaberg, and, and you've got to give you've got to give the dogs a uh, a big chance to uh, to come away with the points. Yeah, and um, 
Any more word? Like uh, we were talking about this the other night, but uh, Mick Potter has done such a superb job. He's a bulldog through and through. I know he spent some time at the Dragons as well, but the way they played since he's taken over has been nothing short of miraculous. Look, I think he's done a great job, Mick Potter, and I think he's uh, outstanding in terms of the uh, the way he's gone about. Uh, you know, turning that club around because they were in all sorts at the start of the season. And uh, to his credit, he's probably simplified uh, what they needed to do uh, and the players have responded and responded well. Um, I still think they've got some work, the Bulldogs, to do and that clearly is going to be the case. Things aren't going to turn around uh, overnight for them but uh, it'll be interesting to see what 2023 looks like for the Bulldogs uh, from a coaching perspective and also from a playing roster perspective because they've actually brought well uh, and there's going to be some quality players coming to the club. Hey, boys. Yeah, definitely, Michael. I think they're certainly on the, the right trajectory, aren't they? And it's great to see them enjoying their footy, you know, and, and full credit to, to Potter for what, he, what he's done there. And, and I don't know, you know, a, a couple of uh, Central Coast stars, juniors coming through, Jack Stringer, the son of, uh, of the great man Paul, and, of course, Zach Montgomery, uh, both who have been in the Roosters programs, just recently signed with the Bulldogs. So they're, uh, they're certainly, um, you know, building well for the future. Hey, boys, uh, West Tigers, they should be going for three in a row this weekend after, like TC said, they were robbed against the Cowboys. Fantastic win by the West Tigers against Brisbane last week at Suncorp. They take on the, and dare I say it, the Diabolical Knights. Yeah, yeah, the West Tigers have been – look, you know what? They've actually been good over the last month. They've been very competitive, taken on the Panthers, got close there. Sure, it was an undermanned or under-strength Panthers side. Uh, the week before, they were competitive and, you know, they got the job done against the Broncos. So, for me, they're actually playing some decent football. Uh, and I think they will be too good for their opposition on this occasion. The Knights, you know, it's been a tough old season. Adam O'Brien, uh, look, uh, I can't imagine what he's going through at the moment trying to work out what it is they need to do. I know they've lost Karen Ponga, but uh, there's a lot more issues than losing uh, your main uh, strike player. Uh, they've yeah. got some serious concerns up there, I believe. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the press conference to see what he's unlearned this week. <laughs> and what about David Clemmer? Is he off to Parramatta? Uh, no, my understanding is that they weren't going to release him. I could be wrong, but that was my understanding uh, as of 24 hours ago. But... Uh, and I think it's too late for the loan system to kick into place now. So from that perspective, um, they weren't going to release him. Uh, he obviously had some issues last weekend with one of the trainers and has been stood down this week from the night side, um, which is an indication of a, a club that, you know, there's a whole lot of things going on there that, you know, going on beyond the scenes that probably shouldn't be. Uh, and it's probably a reflection of how they're playing on the field. So your old team, they're desperate for a front row forward because Marty Tapau has also been linked with the Parramatta Reels. Let's go back to uh, the boys. Uh, they're like Millie and Vanilli. Uh, Tony Clark and Michael Butner. Uh, Butner's is up in Coffs Harbour for the Oz tag, and TC joining us. Where are you this morning, TC? No, just at the beautiful Terrigal Beach, just uh, looking at the nice little metre waves coming in, so I'll be in there very shortly. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, boys, I just want to ask you about the Commonwealth Games because we've all had a lot to do with, I mean, we've been, we've all had a lot to do with the Danica Clark Foundation, TC, of course, you're the patron, along with your wife, Kerry, and Michael, you're the chair of the Danica Clark Foundation. What about Bradley Woodward from Danica Clark Foundation this week in the backstroke events in Birmingham? They've almost been my favourite Commonwealth Games. Packed stadiums absolutely everywhere, great atmosphere, and the Coast kids, including not just Brad Woodward, but Faith Nathan, 
doing us proud. Yeah, look, it's been outstanding, the uh, the results. And, uh, you know, what I look at the results leading up to that, you know, we've had the Olympics last year and the performances there of the Australians. We had the World Championships in athletics. Uh, and it just appears Australia is going through this purple patch, not only in the pool, but also across a whole range of sports. So good to see and um, great for them in terms of what they've been able to achieve. But, you know, to, to see the local kids and the way they're performing is just absolutely phenomenal. Brad Woodward, uh, a bronze and a silver. And, of course, Faith Nathan with her gold medal for the uh, in the women's rugby. What an uh, amazing performance. And uh, so great to see so many coasties performing at that elite level uh, and doing very, very well. It sounds like uh, Buttes is in some, some kind of wind tunnel up there in Coffs Harbour. Uh, TC, did you have a tear in the eye watching Brad Woodward in action? Ah. One of the most inspiring young men I know, Steve, you know, because as as you alluded to with the, you know, Danica's foundation, Brad's been a, a, a integral part of that, you know, and uh, never forgotten the help we've given him and, and, and the work that he's put in to get to that level uh, is just truly inspiring. And as I, I couldn't agree with, I just back up everything Michael said then, you know, the, uh, you could you hope that, that these uh, tournaments go for six months, you know, there's that much um, uh, fun watching it, so... Yeah, really well done to, to everyone involved. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned Matt Dawson with the Kookaburras and also, and, and don't forget, they're going for seven in a row. I mean, what a team they are. And then Nikola Oleschlagers in the uh, high jump, a superstar, a medalist from Tokyo. Boys, you like uh, Starsky and Hutch, you two. You, you're so good together. Uh, Mate, what a, oh, I'm thinking Captain and Tennille, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I think I said that right from the outset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, and <laughs> more like uh, Laurel and Hardy, I would have thought. But anyway. <laughs> have you got any uh, – what else has caught your eye in the last week? Oh, there's been plenty to catch uh, our eyes. But, you know, to be honest, like I said earlier, when you're looking at so many sports at the uh, Commonwealth Games and what they've been able to achieve, it's absolutely phenomenal. You know, we're over 150 medals now. And, you know, the, the Australians are just absolutely – you know, performing out of their skin, and and it's great to see. It's almost become boring. Well, we're going to get another gold medal. We're going to get another gold medal. Here we go again. It's unbelievable. Yeah. What about you, TC? Oh yeah. Well, I'll just go with. Sorry, I'll just go with Michael there. That um, exactly. I don't. I don't find it boring, but uh, I certainly am uh, <laughs> just so excited. Um, you know, with with the performance of the Aussies, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a yeah. As I said, you'll never get bored winning them gold medal. Yeah, sometimes you question the Commonwealth Games, but I've got to say that watching the 100 meter sprints, the heats of them, and I think they said there were over 30 countries represented in the women's, and in the men's there were over 40. And so you expect the Jamaicans to be absolutely brilliant. The Aussies have run well as well. Uh, Canadians, Trinidad and Tobago, those kind of nations. Then you've seen you've seen some athletes that are two or three seconds behind. So they've run 100 in 13 and a half seconds. But then you'll see that they've maybe run a PB. And for me, if you can show up, it doesn't matter how you go. If you can set a PB for your nation, you've got to walk away pretty proud of what you've done. Right, Burko? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, uh, Steve. Is it, It's about testing yourself and doing better than what you can do. on, on a, It's on a world stage. This will be the only opportunity a lot of these athletes will, have, will get to perform against the elite at the Commonwealth Games. So 
So that's been fantastic. The other thing I've really enjoyed about, Steve, I mentioned to you earlier, was the inclusion of the para-athletes just as part of the, the able-body athletes. Just I reckon they've really added something to, to the swimming and then also with the athletes, just athletics, just to have them there as well, as opposed to having their own games. I think it's been fantastic. Yeah, we're going to talk more about it, but uh, Ellie Cole, I mean, that was fairly emotional, her final ever appearance. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and swam really, really well as well. I think she might have got silver or, or bronze, I think, and that was won by, I think Jess Grimman might have won that one. So it was a fantastic swim. And, and look, yeah, just the the support shown to them by everyone in the stands has been brilliant. Yeah, and speaking of participation in the swimming, I think we saw Kenya was involved in a relay and Uganda was also involved in a relay featuring Australia. And, you know, they're a long way behind, but that doesn't matter. It's all about the love and participation of sport. I watched the mixed relay last night and I can't remember which country it was, but they would have come in, say, 50 metres behind. And when they finished, the Australia who won gold, they they were there and all the ones still in the pool were actually clapping them as they finished. That's the actual athletes themselves. So so they acknowledge the performance. They know what it's like to be an elite athlete, to even just to be at those games is is a fantastic effort. Yeah, boys, uh, we've left you two hanging there. Uh, So good to talk to you both this morning. You're like uh, Michael and Jermaine Jackson. Uh, What a combination you two are. (laughs) I was thinking of Hawaii for that. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Thelma and Louise. (laughs) Great talking to you, boys. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Good luck, Buttes, representing Australia as well. Thanks, boys. Have a great weekend. See you later, boys. Thank you.